I think everyone, I, actually, I know everyone is going to enjoy this episode. I am so excited about the two new products we are about to launch. One's called Diesel Explorer Pro, and the other one has to do with emission tamper detection. That's right, detecting tampered emissions on commercial trucks by plugging a little tool in. I think the world hadn't ever seen something like this. I think the world's ready for it. So it's been in the works for a long time. I think you're going to enjoy it. I have Dustin Carnes. He has been with me. Almost, he's been with me since the early days. He has been a diesel technician for most of his career. He has managed our training department, and now he manages our vehicle engineering. Guy's just a wealth of knowledge. You ever catch him at a trade show or catch him somewhere, pick his brain, talk to him. Guy's an absolute genius. So with that, make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe. All those things help us. But otherwise, sit back. This is going to be a good one. Well, Dustin, here we are back again in the studio. Like, I feel like we've done this a couple times so it's, far, but I think it's you're been a few times. Yeah, and I, I think your position's probably changed in the company. That's since right. We had you last, right? Because you used right. to be over training, but now now I'm doing a product manager. Yeah. yeah, for the software engineering. Yep. Yeah. Well, what your next diesel technician? What the hell do you know about <laughs> software engineering? Um. Well, at first, not much at all. Uh, but basically kind of came over mainly because I knew the vehicle side, right? I knew the industry, I knew you know how the vehicles operated, being a technician, I knew the CAN diagnostics, all that kind of thing. Um, so one of the, I think the issues that we were having in, in that department was somebody that really understood that side of it um, and it could help on the product side. Uh, so that's kind of what drew me in there. Yeah, so, I, and we're gonna talk about a big announcement here. We have a diesel here in a little bit. But I think that's one of the interesting things is when we first started with software engineering, and this is vehicle engineering, right? This is, this is not like making um, a piece of desktop software that it does its own thing. This is interacting with the vehicles and getting data off them. It's its whole, it's its whole world over here. And I think one of the interesting things at first was when we first hired someone, it was kind of like, well, here's the industry standards. Here's the book. This is how the vehicles work. And I think we found out... That's not really the case in <laughs> right. the, the way vehicles are built. Right. Yeah, there's there's kind of some off-the-shelf stuff that you can get, you know, documentation for J1939 and CAN bus and all the things. Um, but when you when we got into it and started actually hooking up and pulling data, like you realize there's that's just the the tip of the iceberg that you get, and then there's just this whole like unknown thing that you get into. Uh, it's kind of sometimes it seems like you know, the engineers are kind of running around in a dark room with a flashlight and figuring out like little pieces here and there. And then you finally, you know, put enough things together. You start seeing some big pictures in it. But so let's talk about fault codes, because this comes up all the time. People are like, well, I have a scan tool and then they hook it up and their code doesn't show up on their scan tool. Like it could even be in their dash and right. it won't show yep. up on whatever scan tool they bought or they're looking at it like Packard. Like, oh, yep. I got my SPN, my FMI. And like, well, yeah, right. there's not a single PACCAR fault code that uses SPN and FMI in any of their troubleshooting. They're all using right. PEU and B codes. Yep. So what is going on there when I have these tools that don't show me all the things that I, I should be seeing? So basically, and, and most of them, there could be issues, but most of the time, like, they've they've usually implemented that, that tip of that iceberg, right, that standard stuff. Um, but if you don't actually go out and do a bunch of testing and hook up to the trucks and, and start pulling all the data and, you know, reconciling it with, with what you know should be there, um, you really don't know what you're missing a lot of times. And there's just a, a ton of 
uh, different ways that each manufacturer does things. They, you know, they just pick their own way, which they're okay. I, you know, my way is the best, right? Um, but they're all end up being completely different. And like, you know, Packard, right? If you hook up with a standard tool, it does pull the SPN FMI fault codes. Um, but like you said, Packard doesn't give you troubleshooting information on how to how to use that and do anything with it. So it's not really helpful, right? So you got to do that reverse engineering and figure out what the actual P codes are. Then you can actually use use defaults. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's been a little bit frustrating on my part too, is because like I look at um, people all the time on Facebook groups and wherever, they're like, oh, here's my fault codes, and they're using like their ELD or they're using something, and I'm always like, man, first of all, those those aren't even the right fault codes for us to help you. <laughs> and second of all, you're probably not even getting all the fault codes. Right. Uh, but that's one of the difficult things is trying to tell, trying to explain to people like what you're missing because they don't they don't know what you they're don't missing. know what you don't know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So how do we? I guess can you want to talk a little bit about like maybe our vehicle engineering team here who here, right? Yeah. So yeah. we have we have I mean there's testers and there's QA and they're like can you walk through a little bit of like how it's structured at least so yeah. the audience gets a little idea of, of what we got going on here. For sure. Yeah. So um it kind of starts with the product manager and then uh, you know working directly with me I have um a team of engineers that do well we kind of had two sides to the vehicle engineering. We have the reverse engineering and the, the red team that does our desktop application, DXP. Um, and then we have our, our mobile app, the diesel decoder, that does, we also do firmware for that app as well. So there's kind of two teams of engineers within that group. And then we've also got a, a, a team of uh, field testers that actually go out, they hook up to trucks every single day. They're out in the field. We have some partner companies that we work with um, that are nice enough to let us come and test and do testing on different trucks. We look for the vehicles that we're needing. Uh, we'll, we'll do logging and pull data off the trucks, and we'll bring all of that data back to these engineers. Uh, and then the engineers basically have to sift through all of this data, figure out what's actually happening, um, and hopefully come up with some fixes for those type of things. So people always ask, like, how do you guys do this? Surely the manufacturer must have helped you guys to give you this information. <laughs> and I always nope. tell people, I don't think there's a single tool company out there. Maybe Snap-on does it, but there's no one that I know for sure actually gets participation from the OEM to go build these tools. Aftermarket, off-highway, on-highway commercial truck, boat, marine. Like, no one's getting really help from the OEM. And you've used the word reverse engineering here a couple times. And I know sometimes that's like a dirty word that, <laughs> that people, you know, like, right, oh, you guys right, are doing yeah. something illegal or doing yeah. whatever. And and there are there are companies that do it the illegal way, mainly overseas in the Pacific right, Rim yeah. area, right? Where they're decompiling software, and copying, copy pasting right. yeah. from one thing to another, right. and they don't know what the heck it even does. They just know that that was in that code. Now it's in my code right. and it works. Yeah. But that's not what we do no, here. And no. that's not what all There's the, a big difference. All the, the yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you explain a little bit like yeah, about yeah. that? Yeah, for sure. And I've, we've gotten those questions before too. Like, okay, is, even with, you know, sometimes with the uh, software that we sell, like Texan, oh, is that is that, you know, uh, copyright or whatever? Um, no, so the way that we actually build our software, we write every piece of code that goes into our software. And that's kind of the main gist of why it's not, you know, anything illegal, right? So what we actually do is we take different pieces of software, we hook them up to the truck, we run commands, we pull data, and what we're actually doing is we're looking at the data that's coming across the diagnostic tools or the uh, data bus on the, for the diagnostic tool. 
And then we look at, see what's coming across and we go, okay, well, it's doing this and it's doing this. So now we have to write our own piece of code in our software to make it do something similar, right? Mm -hmm. And then the difference in doing it the illegal way is pulling apart that piece of software and going, oh, this is how they did it. And they copy it and paste it into your code, right? That's that's the big difference. Yeah. And I think that was a bit of, I remember the, I remember the early days of learning how to reverse engineer, right? You got data loggers that are hardware, you got software ones and different layers and, and all yeah. these things going on. And really, it's almost like a special type of person that enjoys doing that type of work because it <laughs> right. is like a puzzle. Yeah. It is like, yeah. that's the same analogy I always use. Like, Give yep. one of these guys a little pen flashlight, send them to an arena, and go map the whole thing out for me. Right. Like yeah. it's gonna yeah. take a minute yep. to go figure all that out and where everything yep. is to do those things. But it's, I mean, it's like sheets and sheets of like code, it's Just assembly language, you know, data. Basic language. Yeah, and it's it's actually different because like you know you think about our, our software engineers and most of the engineers that we have, you know, were kind of your your standard software engineers, um, but kind of writing code and then. Doing the vehicle data bus analysis—that's they're almost two completely different things. So, um, it's it's amazing what what some of these engineers have, have figured out. We have a great team that that does this, and you know, a lot of times there's there's a brand new manufacturer that we haven't messed with yet, and you know, who wants to do it? And the, you know, they're just jumping after <laughs> it, trying to. I want to know. I want to figure out the yeah. new thing, right? So it's it's awesome to see them, you know, figuring out new manufacturers and figuring out new things. It's it's pretty awesome. See, I'm I'm like that. I'm like, let me go learn something new. Let me go figure out something no one's done yeah. before. For, like I, I like that. What I don't like is like, let me just go do a thing that I've always done before, but slightly yep. different. That's just not not right. me. But everyone's got their different flavor that they like. So uh, I, I remember just like going going back to it when we first got into this. We really had three different things going on. We had we had acquired Pocket Fleet, so that was in its own PF diagnosed the program. That was in its own format, its own code, yep. I, C sharp, C plus, I don't even know what he used. I can't remember. I think I think it's C plus plus. Yeah. I think. So then we then we also had started building Diesel Explorer when yep. the predecessor was here. Yep. And he built that I think in a different language, in right. a different yep. format. And then we also started building our diesel decoder, the little handheld device. Yep. Which again, this is now on a mobile app and it's like firmware, hardware layer. So another completely different thing. So yep. all of a sudden now we have yep. Three different things that all do the same thing, but built three different ways, <laughs> right. which cause some complexity on your yep. team. Yep. Yeah, you know, coming into it, I was a learning. I was learning a lot about software at the beginning, and you know, we have not only on our teams learning the desktop side, learning the mobile app side, and then you know, we have the other teams that build like diesel repair and learning the website of it. I get a lot of of that too. So I've kind of finally figured out all the all the pieces and where they go. Um, but the, the main thing is like for us now is really consolidating those pieces and making, um, making it so that we're going to be efficient moving forward in the long term. Uh, one of the big things is that we did when I first came over was we had a, a piece of software that we built specifically for doing our testing. Yep. Uh, so we would give this software, I think we called it the diesel tester, uh, and we would put all of our reverse engineered commands in there and we would go out, we would do our testing. And then after we figured out the command or figured out whatever it was, then we would take it and then put it into Diesel Explorer or PFD or whatever. And one of the first things we did, I was like, well, maybe we should just build it into Diesel Explorer from the beginning and test it. And then it's already done. It's already there. Yeah. We've already built it. 
So just figuring out those kind of efficiencies is, is one of the big things that we're we're doing now. I, I mean, I hated it because you guys pretty much told me like we got to throw away everything we built and redo this thing all over again. <laughs> I was like, right. this is gonna take us forever. But it, in, the, in the long run, it was it was yeah. definitely the right thing to do. Yep. And I don't know if you if you remember this story or not. Um, but I, here's what here's what I knew we needed to get someone that actually understood how trucks work, like involved in this. So I remember there was a, one of the first commands we were doing. And I know we had our team out there testing and explaining everything. And then I think it was Andrew was like, oh, it works. And we're like, okay, cool, let's go test it. And then it didn't work. And I was like, what What? What happened between the engineer saying it worked and the, the tester saying it didn't work? Um, and it was like, well, Andrew's, I'm like, how did you know it worked? He goes, oh, well, the ECM gave me a response. <laughs> right. I, I knew it worked. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, well, right. Well, it's not just the response you're looking for. You're actually looking for the vehicle to actually do a thing. Right, yep. <laughs> like, yep. like when, it, when it does this command, and it's hard for inge vehicle engineers or software developers to understand when there's a physical component like a truck or an engine or an exactly. ABS system. Like it actually needs to do a thing, and here's yep. the thing it should do. Yep. It's, it's a it's a bridge to cross. What's the user actually see? What is the technician actually going to get the value out of versus you know seeing things in the in the actual code? Because we run across things all the time. Like um, like you just said, like we get a response that says everything worked properly. But then the ECM doesn't actually do anything, or the the, the vehicle doesn't actually do anything. Uh, and then there's times where you know we think we should need responses back on the engineering side, but we never get anything. Yeah. But oh, everything's working fine. So okay, that's just how it works. Uh, there's just a lot of lot of things. And you're right. Like we we really had to to marry those two pieces together. You had the engineering that really understood the the uh, data side and the the diagnostic bus side. Um, but we had to marry the the um, vehicle you know, technician side yeah. that understood the actual diagnostic softwares, know how to navigate through them, how things should be, uh, how tests should actually run. Uh, and then when we started putting those things together, it started started working. So let's talk about another thing, and that's live data. Because we get a lot of companies that approach us and say, hey, I want to use your software, but I want to look at XYZ values on every truck that exists. <laughs> and I know that there are some things that, that fall in the standard that comes with RP-1210 and mm -hmm. all J1939, like oil pressure, accelerator yep. position. Right. However, these manufacturers build custom components to do things like their emission systems. Yep. And there's no real standard out there. Um, so they kind of give them a list of things they could potentially use, SPNs or SBO, whatever they're called, I don't even know the yep. words, but right. PVIDs, whatever they are. <laughs> so they give them these things and those aren't usually readily, easily available with cheaper lower end devices. Right. Why is that? Um, it it kind of goes back to that same thing is you get that standard list and then manufacturers just decide to, well, instead of using this after-treatment PGN most of the time, um, I'm going to use some proprietary thing because mine's a little bit different. That's, you know, again, there, there's a special, so they're going to use it in a different way. And, you know, anytime they can hide a little piece of data that makes their tools a little bit more valuable too. So uh, there's always that side of it. But, yeah, there's basically like there's there's the standard and then there's just, so much of that unknown proprietary stuff that uh, it takes a, a lot of time to go in and um, reverse engineer those parameters and say, you know, figure out where is this data actually at? Where is it coming from? How is it being formatted differently than your standard? Um, 
and then validating it, going back to the trucks and saying, okay, well, how many years does this actually work on? Because that's one of the other things that we run into a lot of times is um, we'll, we'll make a piece of data or a command or uh, get something to work as far as live data. And then, okay, you know you've made it work on that one truck because you have it in front of you and it's working. But, you know, what year ranges does that actually work on? <laughs> what, you know, what different models and everything? So there's a ton of testing that goes into that as well. Yeah, it, it's always interesting how much is hidden behind that closed door. And the manufacturers do a great job of, you know, there's a box here, right? And they end up coloring us other lines a lot. Right, so there, yeah. so every time we hear it, that yeah, for the audience, there is a standard. There's a lot of wiggle room in the standard for them <laughs> to do whatever the heck they want to do inside these things. And I know that kind of presents another challenge is because we wanted to get vehicle data off of every vehicle our tools hook up to and put them into one website where I can see every vehicle and every scan. However, if every vehicle is different, it's kind of hard to make them all jam into the same right. sandbox yeah. so that things line up and look properly. Can you talk a little bit about that? what that experience was trying to line all that up? Yeah. So um, one of the things that we, we did not too long ago uh, with our diesel health application, uh, we kind of set it up from the beginning when we, we were first getting into things. We kind of set it up a certain way. Um, and then when we actually started pulling data from all of these different different makes and models, uh, we realized that, oh, well, we're missing all of this data or we're missing all of this and we don't have this protocol available. And um, we ba basically had to go back and kind of genericize the way we did things um, and, and let every tool kind of put their data in the way that they needed to put it in so that we could account for all of the different variants in, in the different makes and models. Um, it's just... It's one of those things that just takes a lot of effort to go through a whole bunch of data, figure out how everybody's doing things, and then try to come up with some kind of standard that you can make actually fit with everybody. Because, um, you know, the, the OEs kind of do it backwards, right? They have their their standard, and they're like, ah, I'll do whatever I want, right? And then we're kind of doing it the opposite way, and we're going, okay, well, they do it this weird way, they do it this weird way, they do it this weird way. Let's try to make a way that fits everybody. Yeah, it's very similar to what we've had to do for fault code cataloging. Um, I know we like commercial truck. We're like, okay, we got to make a nice little program where I can find my year make model and find my fault code. And it sounds like an easy thing to do, <laughs> but it ended up not being easy. What thing is, the do. devil's in the details, it, right? It is. Yep. Then I was like, oh, well, okay, we figured that out. Now we need to do off-highway equipment. We'll just copy. Well, that ended up being a bigger design. You know, it was a huge, I'm right. like, okay, so now we got a new version of that coming out that's much cleaner. Yep. So all this to say is we launched D Diesel Explorer Pro. We call it DXP internally. Yep. Um, man, it has been like over a year ago. Two, I don't even know when it was, but I looked this morning. I think it's a year and some change, yeah. I looked this morning uh, between our starter pack and that product on our website. It's getting over 1,000 downloads a month. So there's a lot of copies floating out there. Can you explain to everyone what Diesel Explorer is today? And then we'll talk about the pro version in a second. Yeah. So the kind of the version we got out there um, originally, it, it was mainly, you know, set up for, you know, a, a kind of free code reader. Get, you know, something that, that you know, the everyday guy can just hook up and hopefully get some fault codes. Um, and again, it goes back to kind of back then we were at the point of, you know, we had the standards implemented so you can get all the standard stuff, right? Um, and then over the, the last year or so, we've been really working on making that application very user-friendly. Um, and 
adding a lot more functionality, a lot more proprietary data and functionality, which is eventually when we launched the, the new version. Yeah, so Diesel Explorer, as it sits today, like jam up for reading fault codes. Yep. And I know we have it throttled back. We're not showing like all the live data and all the things. Right. And we're about to launch Diesel Explorer Pro. So what advanced features does Diesel Explorer Pro have versus the current version of Diesel Explorer? Yep, so the, the biggest thing um, that Diesel Explorer Pro is going to offer is the bi-directional capabilities. Um, so for medium duty and heavy duty vehicles, we can actually run regens and we could do after treatment resets. So you can reset uh, derated fault code conditions. You know, you, your vehicle gets derated after a certain amount of time. Um, and a lot of times you can't do anything with it until you actually go in and reset those, those derates. So the new version is going to actually be able to go in and perform those resets. Uh, we have a full list of live data now. So you have full capabilities for, for live data. And then the other biggest thing is uh, we've integrated our, our newest thing is our emissions detection, um, delete detection Ooh, into it. So, this is big news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is something new, and we haven't seen any other software on the market kind of do this yet. Yeah. Uh, but it'll actually go in and detect if somebody has been tampering um, with the emission systems as far as like removing components and, and program programming the, the ECMs to remove components and things. Yeah, so I think that's really exciting on the emission tampering detection because there's a lot of deleted trucks out there <laughs> and a lot of people are trying to catch them. Right. And I can tell the audience, look, yeah, they might, some people might not like what we what we built and what we did in there, but it's creating a big liability and it's creating big headaches for a lot of people out in the industry. Um, it's creating legal issues for a lot of people that we talk with, especially bigger organizations, dealership groups, that type of thing. So it's really a problem out there. And literally, if I plug this tool in, how long does it take to tell me if it has potentially tampered uh, emission system? Most vehicles will give you an analysis within um, a minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is pretty slick. And I know... A certain agency did some <laughs> testing on this. And yep. how the results come with that? They came back really, really good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we got a really good response from it. And, you know, the, the, the biggest use case for this, especially within the context of DXP, is there's a lot of companies out there, a lot of shops out there, right? Independent shops. You don't want to get caught working on vehicles and not knowing everything about them, right? If it goes down the road later on and you just worked on the after treatment system, and then it gets caught by DOT and they find out the after treatment system's been tampered with, well, they're going to look at who's the last person to work on it, right? So, you know, this just gives the, the dealership or the, the shop just a little bit more information about the, okay, I don't want to touch this, or maybe you don't care. You still want to work on whatever it is. Um, you know, you don't, just because it's deleted doesn't mean you can't work on it. It just means you can't do anything with those systems, right? No. So maybe you still want to fix the brake pedal or, or, you know, whatever the case. Uh, but at least you know about it and you can make the decisions, you know, beforehand. So, so it's it's a, it's good information for, for the shops. Even that aside, a guy brings his vehicle in and he's having a problem with it. And all of a sudden now you're spent two days troubleshooting something, coming to find out, well, the guy deleted the emission system, yeah. <laughs> right. which is causing yep. the problems. Now yep. you've got two days of burnt labor yep. that you got to go figure out what the heck to do with and have, yep. a, have a conversation with right. somebody. So it creates a lot of problems in a shop. You worked in a shop before. Yep. I can see there'd be a problem. Yep. Uh, I mean, we had trucks that we would we would pull them. I worked at an international dealer. And, you know, we had trucks that we would pull in and we would start messing with them. And then, you know, if you're you're in there and you're looking hard enough, you're like, wait a minute, this DPF, 
seems a little odd and you, you, you tap on it and it sounds hollow, <laughs> right? You're like, wait a minute, you know, this vehicle has been deleted, you know, uh, and, you know, prior to having a piece of software like this, the only way you could really tell for sure if a, a, a truck was deleted is, you know, maybe if it had certain fault codes might tell you, uh, but most of the time they, they program and delete all the fault codes out so you don't even know. And then you have to basically visually see it. So, you know, you'd have to pull the DPF off. You'd have to, you know, at least get to a point where you could stick a boroscope up in there and see if the DPF has been hollowed out or whatever. But this with the software, like I said, like a couple minutes, you can boom, hit a button. And it says this truck looks like it's been tampered with. Right. So yeah. it gives you some good information. So for the audience that are, is watching or listening right now, go ahead and comment what you think about now that there's going to be an emission tampering detection tool out in the marketplace <laughs> that detects it in less than 90 seconds, essentially. <laughs> right. So good or bad, here it, here it comes. And again, I, I think it's a good thing in the long run. Uh, really, today's emission trucks don't have the problems like the 04s, 07s, 2010s right. had. They're a lot different machines now, uh, a lot more sensitive. I think they got a lot of the bugs in the. They're, the, they're the getting better. Yeah, right. So, and I know after treatment still is our biggest course that we sell in the training side. That's the one people still struggle with more than anything else. And for that, I'm listening. If you don't know, Dustin was actually the one that developed a lot of these <laughs> courses in the beginning and got our training center going here and everything. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens once that tool's out in the marketplace. Um, it was even interesting that one sample they did of the 50 or 75 trucks. I think we learned some things. Like yeah. I know when I looked at it, I was like, okay, if the truck had no VIN, that was no, that was, was our tool wasn't catching yeah, it, but it right. was like okay, if there's no van, there's something fishy going right. on here. Yep. We'll we'll modify it. So this is gonna be like an exciting like cat and mouse game going yeah. on with everybody, and the emulators. There's people doing things, and I think the interesting thing was is we had to learn how to delete trucks right yeah. through this process, <laughs> which is really bizarre. You have to find out. You have to do the reverse engineering. You have to find out you know what they're doing to delete them so that we can figure out how to how to see whether it's doing that or not. But, I mean, and it wasn't hard to figure it out. Because people are selling the courses online, right. <laughs> I'm teaching people how yeah. to do it. Right. Um, and yep. I think that the biggest the biggest irony I had too is I I uh, I thought I thought all these tuners were using custom software and custom things to do these things. Nope. They're using pirated OEM software. Yep. And not only that, but I've come to find out, like Cummins, for example, I'll call them out. You can actually, if you know the part number, you can actually buy the block off plates for the EGR right, system yeah, yeah. right from your local Cummins <laughs> distributor and dealer because they sell just making those for, it easier. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. like, I'm like, wow, they're using Cummins parts and Cummins software to delete emissions and Cummins engines. Yep. I'm like, this is, this is absolutely Kinda ridiculous crazy. What, yeah. what, what's happening. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see how this, this all plays out. Um, I'm excited to, to see where the future is, but with all this, we need to talk about the product again. So first of all, diesel Explorer, the normal version, it is hundred percent free. Yep. Over a thousand downloads a month. Go to diesellaptops.com, look for Diesel Explorer, or even better yet, get the starter pack. It's absolutely free. It comes with a bunch of other free software that you can use in your shop. And what are we pricing DXP Pro at? And I know we have the emission tampering detection in there as well. So if if you have a copy of DXP, so it's a it's gonna be a monthly subscription. So it's gonna be $99 a month for the professional. Uh, features within it. So the emissions detection, the full list of live data, um, the bi-directional commands, um, and we're actually working on another uh, new feature as well, which will be advanced uh, local reporting, let you configure new reports and do uh, some fancy things with reporting. Uh, so that'll be out uh, fairly soon after the launch as well. Well, what I like is that it's month to month, right? So you don't have to pay up for a full year in advance. 
you don't have to pay for it. You don't even want it. Just wait until right. you need it, buy your month, and let it expire. You can yep. buy another month again. And you can you still it. read all the fault codes, right? Yeah. Without the professional version, you can still read the faults. You can still do all of those things uh, as far as reading data. Well, and that tool's connected to our diesel health. So yep. we have that connected, the diesel decoder, which is our tool that works with your mobile device. That's going there. Is Kajali's live now with their version? Or are we getting close? It's about to be live. Probably as soon as we launch DXP, it'll be live. Yep. So, so. our one of our premier tools will have built-in health check. And I know our diesel tablet and handheld pro are getting close yep. as well. So whole suite of tools, getting data off vehicles, putting into one central location, which is going to be a really cool thing for people that really care about getting data off their vehicle, which is a lot of people. So I'm excited, Good man. Stuff. I'm excited. It's a lot How of fun excited? stuff like, coming out. Isn't it pretty out. cool to see something you built I mean, come to market? Like, it you it is really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember just a couple years ago, you know, we were thinking, oh, man, it would be cool to have our own diagnostic software. And then, you know, we come out with the first version and like, oh, man. How do you do bi-directional commands? And then, you know, we go through that iteration. And then, like, at the point we're at now, like, we're we're just so far beyond of, like, what the things that we I thought we would get into this quickly. I mean, I so. remember sitting in the conference room, us just even trying to figure out a process to deal <laughs> with, like, all the commands and the testing right, and the validation yep. and how we were going to do it. Like, yep. man, it seems like ages ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. It wasn't. So your team's doing a We're coming a long way. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it, it is it is, it is, is amazing uh, what your team's accomplished, what things, the way things are happening. And I know it seems like every month we get stronger and stronger and stronger, figure more stuff out. So, yep. yeah, it's a lot different game than it was a year ago. And we're like, well, how do we even do this? Like, what <laughs> right. is this thing? Now it's yep. like, what? How far do we go now? Right. What, yeah. what can't we do? Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's got to the point. I know I can't say their names, but I know you work with some manufacturers as well. And there's some private label things going on. So there's mm -hmm. all kinds of cool vehicle engineering things going on here at Diesel Laptops. So but with that, we'll, we're going to wrap this episode. We're going to we're going to call it. So I just want to say to the audience, remember, it's not just diagnostics. It's diagnostics done right. And free software, paid software, tools that work with your phones, tools that work with laptops. It's all available at Diesel Laptops. Just head to the website, diesellaptops.com and check us out. Thank you for watching and listening.